Welcome to Sparks and Recreation, your source for info on community events, meta-analysis, and everything Hero Realms. Part of the Realms Rising Network. Heroes of the Realms, welcome back to your favorite bi-weekly Hero Realms related podcast that talks about community events and everything Hero Realms, Sparks and Recreation. I am your host, Matthew Jigman Linkbar Rooks, joined as always by the SNR crew. First of all, joining us as always, the co host with the mostest, Tim Agency 13 McKenzie. How are we doing today, amigo? I am doing pretty good. It's been a busy couple of months. Uh, I know we recorded with Rob recently, but uh, it's good to be back and on this biweekly schedule here going. So real excited. Sure is. And there's so much to talk about, too. Um, Sammy Scrapforce Parsons, the newly minted legend, also graces us with his presence. How are you doing today, Sammy? Hello, my good friends and compatriots. Uh, doing all right. Trying to keep it together in this crazy world we all live in and still not let my games time out. That's my goal right now. <laughs> Play some more games and don't time out. There you go. Good. Doing good. Thanks. Good, goal. good to be here. Yeah, really happy time. also. Really happy to be back on the bi-weekly. I missed you guys. And all of you, dear listeners. Likewise, buddy. And last but certainly not least, the city water spokesman himself. <laughs> Chris Double Dubs Wahlberg. What's going on, bud? Hey, 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 man. I am doing awesome. That's right. City Water coming to a location near you today. Uh, you know, if you're not sure what that's all about, you got to check out the stream on Twitch on Wednesdays. We've been having a lot of awesome fun on there lately over the break. Um, we've been hitting it hard. We got uh, an Aussie affiliate stream that Wise Wizard Games happened to drop Whoa. in on, which was hilarious. Um, we did a Clash of Kings against the Cats' Meow. We had some coverage of uh, some community events, and there will be some future coverage of community events on the channel that we have to look forward to. And if it's all right, I'll maybe front load with this announcement. Um, you probably will be aware of this if you're listening to the cast already, but this upcoming stream i will have the finals of the uh hero realms premier circuit championship season one between logan k stewart and noodle tulpa it's a best of seven ranger slug fest and so uh Ugh. tune into the stream twitch.tv slash double dubs if you want to find out who comes out on top in that battle incredible chris could you give us just a quick sample of that sick Australian accent that you pull out and that very special syndicate moment. I just need to hear it one more time. Well, I had the the saucies on the Bobby and I was kicking back a tinny and then the spider came at me and I shot him and then we had some more tinnies. Okay, I'm gonna stop you here before we lose horrible. all of our listeners. Oh my god. That was a, that was a little bit you weren't quite as inflecty because on the you were like, you really were doing like this and like I was, this. I was practicing it all day. You hit me on the spot here, man. You know, I did what I could. 
<laughs> it was incredible. It was okay, great. Okay. I loved it. J- Jig, you were very my, critical. My, here's the question. Here's the question. You were very Chris. critical, Jig, of his for, accent. For, for, for it's that brutal. Stream, it's brutal, guys. For, for that stream, did you record everything upside down or no? Dude, I wish I would have. I should have flipped my camera upside down. Yes. It was a missed opportunity there. That's the important thing. No, I'm, I, I harp on Double D, but I have a smile on my face the whole time, as does everybody who's watching. It's freaking yes. hilarious. For sure. And, yep. uh, if anything, the one good thing that did come out of it is that people now use the term chally when uh, yes. referring to sending challenges to each other. So challies is in the vernacular thanks to uh, I probably don't... we should thank Daily23 for that one. I think he S- Sammy's been or... saying that forever. I yep. was the first to say chally, I think. And I but and I it's did... also like an Australian thing to end things in E. So I like started doing it there. So but I agree. I got it. I got it from you, Sam, and Daly. Yes, I think I, I'm willing to credit you as like the progenitor of Chally. Well, but we, you we know, to be fair, I, I didn't register my trademark, and I've decided, <laughs> much like you know, they've done in other great uh, uh, prestigious organizations, to open source this word for the community. <laughs> Please go forth and issue any Challies you'd like, my friends. Chally on. All right. Well, I think it's time to give a quick overview of the show because we got a lot of content to get to. Yes. So um, we have a what would you do? Uh, we're going to be breaking it down. It's submitted by Logan Stewart himself. So thanks for that, Logan. We have a main focus where we'll be doing kind of like a reaction to the Rob interview, talking a little bit about the future of Hero Realms. We're going to do a card talk segment that looks at dungeons and how some of our opinions and perspective has changed. And then we've got a really nice community roundup segment planned where um, we will be just going over you know, so much that has happened since the last time we had the cast. So I'm going to kick it over to agency 13 for a shout out from the patrons. Go ahead. Agency 13. So, uh, we want to say thank you to all our patrons again. And we have had a new patron, uh, warden slayer, uh, that signed up and, uh, J Dodds from the, uh, discord, uh, sent us a donation for, the work that we do with hero helper and the podcast. So um, thanks to everybody that's already donated or is a patron and, but especially those two that uh, in the, you know, recent couple of weeks have uh, decided that they think what we do is worth a little bit of their hard earned money. So we really appreciate, uh, appreciate that. And thank you very much. Woo. Thank you guys. <laughs> What would you say you do here? And here we are for What Would You Do? Number 22. But we're on episode 24. What's going on, guys? I guess the math checks out. I'm going to have some faith here. Uh, We are looking at, as I said, this was submitted by Logan K. Stewart. You can um, always shoot us a message on discord. If you have an interesting situation, we also have a dedicated channel on the server for discussing this. We have a link in the show notes to the exact, uh, scenario that we're looking at here. If you want to visually follow along. Um, so without further ado, we're looking at a level 12 matchup. We are playing as a wizard. We're up against a ranger and, uh, the row has the rot spark, deception elven curse 
and Street Thug. Our opponent has picked up a little bit of economy in the form of taxation and fire gem. And it looks like we haven't made any purchases yet. We have four economy and three damage, but we did play a spell components. So all of our um, actions are reduced by one. So I think what I want to do here is first move over to look at kind of what the, what conclusion the people arrived at and, in what might be uh, kind of the of first, well, maybe not. It looks like uh, Spark and Curse are tied, but I'm kind of assuming that viewers are voting like that we should take both here. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. So it, yep. by, by a sizable margin, uh, the community has agreed that we should be keeping these damage cards away from the Ranger. Um, let's go ahead and read what The Rot has to say. Buy Spark, see what flips. If nothing good, buy Elven Curse. You want to hit that Ranger with as much discard as you can while also keeping that stuff out of their deck, lest you be the victim of a discard too. Zembu pointing out, uh, bad news is the Ranger gets Deception, but that means that you get the Rot the following turn. And then Daily23 chiming in to say, yeah, I agree, Spark, then Curse. Um, so it, it is a really interesting one here because... You just those are some really premium actions. Those are some of the best actions that you you want to see right there on that row. Um, so and deception, we know that the ranger can do some really powerful stuff, but I am gonna side with the logic of the community in that we're a frail wizard, we cannot let the ranger have that much damage on us. And, you know, if we get this much damage, we might be able to get that cloak deactivated pretty quick and be able to put some pressure on them. And we'll get a copy of the rot. So when all the dust settles, if we have all those damaging actions and they have a copy of deception, you know, I'm, I'll take my chances with that. Uh, let's uh, hear from the next person. So um, I think I'm going to go street thug and a fire gem here. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, I think, strategy, Cotton. You don't have enough gold for that anyway. I, I, I know. It was a joke, man. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, I think the uh, spark and elven curse is a good way to go. Um, especially you see in your opponent's deck that they have three gold, a horn of calling and their pathfinders compass. Uh, they, and, and an arrow as like the six cards left in their deck. There is a chance they would not get deception. Although I guess if they fired off their ability, it's, it's pretty much guaranteed. But if they play that pathfinders compass, they're flipping their deck without deception in it. And it's going to miss that shuffle. So, yeah. So that's not that bad. Um, so definitely, I think I'd go Elven Curse and Spark and hope that they flip their deck by deception and leave me rot. Honestly, uh, that would be a great outcome for me as a wizard here. So I think that's the way to go, as many people have already said. Okay, before the next person goes, I think Matt wants to go. Would you be willing to try to make a case for deception here? Who? Me? No. Uh, Matt, yeah. Can you try to argue for the deception? Or were, no. did you have a different idea? No. And <laughs> no I do have a different no. idea. I do have a different <laughs> okay. idea. Okay. Uh, I would actually go with um, Curse here first. Um, mm-hmm. Grab that for two. 
uh, I'll still have two um, gold left over, and I can use that for my channel. And I want to channel here. I actually want to start cycling through my deck so I can get closer to that first shuffle. And the chances are quite good that um, I'm going to get at least one gold with with that channel, and I can use that mm. to buy the the spark with. Um, and that way, now if I have really shitty luck and I pull both of those sparks, of course I'm going to be sad and I'm going to miss out on the spark. But I'm willing to live with that just to heal myself for that one extra hit point start cycling my deck to get a little bit closer and end up with both curse and spark. Probably that's what I would do. Well, I I think it's worth saying too, that um, because I was thinking the same thing actually, Matt, and it's worth saying that like, then that leaves you with four cards in your deck and you will be shuffling those both into your, your deck, you know, Mm -hmm. almost essentially top decking these four cards that are in your deck, which are like a, uh, the amulet for two gold, the cat, uh, a gold into sparks you're basically top decking them out of the next group right they're missing a, sh- a deck cycle which is great yeah and you're really making that spark curse combo way more likely to happen without having to do any yes and actually this guy doesn't have any uh this guy does has gloves so he doesn't yes. have the ropes so that would definitely be a the pro move i think i'm on i'm on that on that train with you jake yeah I, I know I said curse and spark, but I didn't talk about how you'd play out your turn or whatever. But that's a great way to do it, as Matt said. Solid, solid points on the sequencing. Definitely uh, worth elaborating on. And no one going to make a case for the uh, beloved deception. <laughs> I think that about wraps up. Uh, what would you do? 22. Any closing thoughts from anyone? And with that, we'll take it over to the main focus. I, I would just say if you want to submit a what would you do to us, PM uh, one of us on Discord with screenshots of your deck, uh, your opponent's deck, your discard, your opponent's discard, and the uh, the board state so that we can have all of that. So that would be great. The more information, the better. Yeah, if you share it in the channel, it may not ever get on the podcast or whatever but if you send it to one of us we can make sure that it gets added to the list and we talk it through on the podcast okay and here we are at the main focus for this week's episode um, as many of you know, our last episode, we had a really interesting interview with Rob Doherty, the CEO and uh, one of the designers behind Hero Realms. And he gave us a lot of information, not only about the uh, Dungeons Kickstarter, which is ongoing right now, but I think um, not only through the uh, content of the dungeons Kickstarter, but also the, uh, some of the information he gave with the questions that he answered, he kind of gave us uh, some clues or at least an inkling of the direction of the future of the game. And I kind of want to react to some of that as well. So um, we're just going to go through a few different points here that came up in the interview, react to it, give some comments and think about also kind of the, far-reaching implications for the future of the game as well, which I think is a pretty interesting thing to talk about. We're always thinking about it and talking about it, and we've actually gotten some information from the guy who makes those decisions, so it'll be 
interesting to delve into that a bit. Okay, so let's just jump right, right into it. First of all, um, it was this is actually towards the end of the interview, I think, and it was Tim who asked him about it. Um, he was talking about the balance, or maybe uh, Chris, you touched, you might have touched on this as well, but about the uh, game testing and the balancing, the play testing and the balancing. And Tim specifically asked, I think, like, are you just looking at the larger data? Are you looking at the larger winning percentages of class or character versus character? Or are you actually looking at like different builds and different levels of play and like high level players and like competitions and stuff like that as well? And Tim, how did he answer your question? Which was a great question, by the way. Um, Basically... It's more the overall aggregate stats for the class matchups, um, which gives you a decent idea of balance. But at least for me personally, when you have two really good players that are playing each other, Mm -hmm. the, the flaws in the balance really stand out. And, and you don't get that when you look at it in the aggregate. And so by, you know, kind of saying this is how we look at it. And for the overall player base, I think looking at that overall number is a good way to go. And, but you can still have really good players that will min max their characters and all of that stuff that will, uh, skew those numbers even more because like for instance they were they were talking a little bit about uh like the fighter versus cleric or the wizard versus fighter and uh in the overall i me playing a fighter uh and i'm gonna be not completely humble i'm a really good fighter player so uh i do I can do decent overall against a cleric, but when I'm playing one of the other hosts of the podcast or like another community member, that's also a a high level, good player, like that's an almost impossible matchup to win. Whereas in the overall, I might win 60% of those games, but if I'm playing in a community event, I might win five or 10% of those games. And there's a big difference in those numbers and looking at their philosophy and how they're balancing things. I think it, I mean, I think it's fine overall, but it's kind of discouraging as one of those, like, you know, really uh, into it sort of players. Like I'm a dedicated hero realms player. Right. So like I, I, I would like the balance against other dedicated hero realms players that, to be really good, but, and I know it can never be perfect. And especially when they're going to be adding more classes and ancestry and all of this stuff, but thousands of builds. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But I thought it was interesting to see that that's kind of how they looked at it, that they weren't worried about, Oh, well, if we do this event in the app, it's always won by Rangers or whatever. It's more, the overall win percentage overall in the app is what we're looking at. Yeah. And I, the thing I want to talk about, like piggybacks off that a little bit. So one of the things is I took away from what Rob said was he's kind of looking at numbers and with certain matchups, you know, he wants it ideally a given matchup to be like 60, 40. Was that kind of what he said? Yeah. Or and better. That, like, yeah. And then once it 
if it starts to get to 70 30 then he's alarmed and if it's 80 20 then it's a red flag all hands on deck let's get this figured out right and i think like what you're talking about um tim is that like we have matchups that we're aware of that are like 90 10 you know what i mean and like it just it's it's really too bad that the looking at the aggregate data you lose the fact that in high level competition there are some 90 10 matchups jake well, did you there's get one there's one matchup like that or i mean there's the fighter cleric matchup is like that and you can look at the different yep. builds and count those but i think that's yeah. the really bad one there's not that's multiple the really really bad ones. yeah yeah, yeah even we could Go yeah, ahead. Fighter Wizard got better with Shizzard and all that. Like, mm-hmm. it's been right. You can build better. for the matchup, and that's what Rob wants too. Is like, if you build yeah. in a certain way, then it's fine, you know. Or like, if you make this build choice, you're gonna get punished by this other build, and like, that's cool because that's a diverse meta, and that has the opportunity to like self correct and change over time. Yeah, and and also like the the med- meta call where it's like. Well, I'm not seeing a lot of fighters in the meta, so I'm not going to build around the fighter when I'm building my wizard or whatever. You know, I'm going to build yeah. for for the other stuff. And I think those are some interesting choices and I love that that's all stuff we can consider here. But Right. One last thing um, you know, getting into the matchups a little bit though is that like Cleric is the best matchup for a lot of classes, right? You don't really want right. that to be true. Like Cleric's kind of the punching bag of everything. It, But then Cleric gets a one-sided beatdown on fighters and I think has awesome mirror matches. So like Cleric is in a really weird spot and Ranger's OP. And like because they go off aggregate data, it doesn't sound like it's going to get fixed. <laughs> but like it is what it is. And, you know, I'll go ahead, Jig. No, it's, I want Sam to go in next. Go ahead. Yeah. Sam, what do you my, think about it? My big takeaway from it all was what you guys started to touch on, which was that he said, I care about overall stuff, of course, but I really want people to be able to make a choice. And, you know, if there are builds that are bad versus other builds, I'm fine with that. Right. So he was pretty, mm-hmm. he was pretty clear to say, yeah, you're going to have some things that are not very balanced in those situations. As long as there's a way you can, like have a different build that would perform better against that specific build sounds like he doesn't care to me. And that was my big takeaway from that, that whole section when, when he was talking about it. And I would agree too, just as a compassionate player of this game, like, man, I don't, I don't envy them because that is a lot of stuff and it's going to be, we're going to have more stuff and we're going to have ancestry soon. And honestly, my expectations are going to be fairly low to, have it be perfectly balanced. Um, but I would hope that in having that be some of the reality that there's like ways to say, Oh, this person's going to play this OP thing that I know I can play this OP thing versus it and try right. to try to challenge him appropriately. If that's, if it's like super random and you don't know, then you're just like, ah, well it, it's, a, it'll be interesting to see what kind of behavior it um, promotes in the, in the meta and the player pool. Great points, guys. All right. Now, I, I know Tim has a, a at least one final thought. Maybe he'll probably have a few more after listening to me, but I have a few <laughs> thoughts on this. Uh, and this is a complicated topic. It really is. But I think it's really right. important, and it's something we talk a lot about in the community, and frankly, some people worry about quite a bit in the, in the community. And Rob's answer to the question actually gave me some clarity that I'm 
that I'm actually willing to live with. And it kind of puts a certain idea to rest and I'm happy with it. All right. Let me explain why. Okay. So Tim really aptly mentioned about the problems of high level play and how there's always, we're going to find ways to exploit uh, advantages take or weaknesses in other characters or matchups, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I've come to the realization, I think the slow realization that this game is never going to be perfectly balanced. They're, they're never going to have it balanced to the point where all of the characters have a perfect chance of against all of the other characters. It's just not going to happen. The other thing is um, they're still like developing this game. We have been worried about level 12 for a long time. I, am the poster boy of bitching about the plight of the wizard and how, how uh-huh. uh, weak of a standpoint the wizard has. And then we get to level 14 with the new um, treasure upgrades and the, the dungeons cards. And like wizard is kind of ascended. Uh, maybe uh-huh. not, maybe not to the top, but pretty darn close. And it's hard to tell now, but it's great. Now, uh, X amount of months from now, we're going to jump up to level 16 and we're going to have more treasures Mm -hmm. and some, it might be enough. Maybe it's the cleric's turn to jump up to the top and enjoy their moment in the sun, you know? And you know what? That sounds freaking awesome to me. It does. I like the idea of a game that's constantly evolving and developing and changing and is going to have different metas and is going to have different uh, characters who have their moments in the sun and, uh, or are punching bags for a little while. And if it's yeah. constantly evolving, and as long as they're doing it in a way to keep it interesting and to keep it fun to play, uh, I'm a, I'm still along for the ride, guys. And it's not perfect. It might not be what I had in mind uh, at a certain point, especially in the beta. I was really hoping for what Tim was kind of this ideal mm-hmm. of of a perfectly tuned, not perfectly, but a highly tuned um, system for really good players that could play at a high level and have some really you know good stuff. And I think you could do that, but it might actually come at the expense of alienating more common players who aren't uh, playing it as much. And you're plugging one uh, leak on the dam and another problem is popping up. Right. And, uh-huh. and he's aiming at kind of the aggregate data, getting the common player quote unquote, um, to enjoy the game at a reasonable level. And you know what? That's fine. And uh, us, and I, and I hate to sound elitist, us high level players at the top <laughs> of the player pool, but I, it sounds like that. And I apologize, but we're just going to have to deal with it, but we'll still have fun because we're all playing with the same stuff and we're all going to take advantage of that stuff. Right. And yeah, right now Rangers are winning all the community events and you know, that's that or the level 12 stuff anyway. Uh, and level three or uh, actually oh everything. Okay. But that's going to change once it goes to level 14, it's probably going to change. Right. And once it gets to 16, it's probably going to change. So this is kind of like the slow enlightenment I've had. And I'm, once you accept it, you're like, you know what? That sounds awesome. And once the game adds, and we're going to talk more about this later, but once the game adds tournaments and the weekly arenas and we can unlock foils by beating people or doing challenges like that is going to keep me invested in this game, playing, trying out the new characters and the new cards. And I see myself playing this for a long, for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and once, once you kind of accept that, I think uh, you can really enjoy the game again uh, without having these kind of uh, unmatched expectations. That, that's, those I, are my two cents on it. I, I think those are some really great points, Matt. Um, uh, absolutely. And I'm not saying that their, their philosophy on this is bad. 
I'm just saying it can feel bad when you have your your pet class and it's not <laughs> doing too well and, and it's the punching bag. But like you said, level 14's coming. After that, ancestry packs are coming. After that, you know, dungeons and new classes are coming, you know, and the, some of this may be way down the road, but like the options are going to get more and more and more. And the chances of you hitting that bad matchup all the time is going to be a lot less. And right. so I don't have a problem with their philosophy, but it's interesting to see how, how they do it. And so the, knowing that it's the overall look at things and not just like, oh, hey, we look at these community events that are all being won by Rangers. Although you look at it, we also have community events that are, this is just a fighter joust or this is the HRPC wizard event or whatever. We have stuff where people can really shine with those characters by doing that stuff. Or we have events like Highlander or King of the Castle where you don't use certain stuff. You can't just only play Ranger or whatever, you know? And so, yep. and like you said, level 14, the balance changes level 16. It's going to change. I think it's just going to get wide open. And if everybody, if they're careful about making sure most of these classes have their moments to be, if not the best OP class or whatever, but one of the better ones, I, everything will be fine. I think it's I fine. enjoy playing them all. Let's enjoy the ride, the development ride. Now, and here's the other thing, too. Once we get up to 24, because Rob has stated that 24 is kind of what they're aiming for, which at the beginning seemed crazy, but now I can kind of see how they can do it, right? It's going to be a totally different game. It's going to be crazy, but you can do it. Once we get to 24, now we can kind of look at everything and maybe try to keep that 24 balance relatively, uh, you know, sane. You know, because then we're not going to go beyond 24 anymore. But until we get to 24, we can't uh, you want to keep things playable and fun, but you can't get, have everything perfect the whole way. Up. Right. So, anyway. Right. All right. I think we've gave given our points on this. This is really good, though. Yep. I think this is a great discussion. Are, are there any final thoughts before we go through some of the other points that Rob Rob right. hit? 24. Right. Oh, my yeah. God. I'm excited. That was actually the next point. And we've already talked about that, but yeah, like level let's, okay. So let's talk about level 24 a little bit. Holy crap. First of all, like I know he mentioned it before in passing and everyone's like, yeah, right. But now you can kind of see how it's going to work, right? We're going to have multiple skills uh, or, and, or abilities. Uh, No, no, wait, no multiple abilities. Sorry, not skills. They nixed the skills. So we'll have multiple abilities, possibly like leveled up abilities. Like you could have mm-hmm. two explosive fireballs or maybe an explosive mm-hmm. fireball in the searing, you know, potentially. Uh, and all of these new treasures that are going to A, make your deck stronger, but also a lot bigger. Like mm-hmm. once you start get to level 16, your deck's getting pretty thick yeah. Yeah. depending on what, what you choose. Right. But yeah. Um, Anyway, but this is awesome. Like, cool. Like, the game is changing. And by the way, there's nothing that prevents you from choosing the level you like to play at and playing with your friends that way or or Uh making an event or doing a tournament at level 14 or level 12 or level 10 or whatever you like to play at. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyways, I'm excited for level 24, and it shows just, like, how much room for growth and development and stuff there is ahead. One thing when I look at, it going to level 24 and i think wait all these classes are going to get cards that 
either give them more economy or more damage or whatever, you know, more draws, all the stuff that the game does, right? We're just going to get more of it. These games are going to be so fast, right? But then I'm also realizing, well, we have health upgrades too. So like that's going to extend it a little bit. Like I'm, I look mm-hmm. at in the beta at level 14, you can get two health upgrades. So for like the fighter that puts you at like 78 health. I know it's a lot <laughs> less for the wizard, but like uh, the barbarian that's in beta right now, like it's even higher because it starts a, at what 62 and it's 10 hit points per wow. upgrade. So it'd be 82 if you get both of those like nasty. Yeah. That's an extra 20 points of health extends that game a couple more turns for sure. So like yeah. by speeding it up with your abilities and your starter deck being better by having more new cards. But it's also, like you said, making your starter deck a little slower by adding more cards into it too, depending on what you pick. So it's it'll be really interesting to see how that balances out at 24. Like, because yeah. if they make the game so it's too... Because it's it can already be... You can win a game on, like, turn seven, you know? Like... And that just seems way too short overall. Like I would not want my games to be like that every game that I would hate that. Right. Every once in a while, that's fine to have a a game where you're like, yeah, I just totally like nuked them, you know, super quick. But I also don't want my games to last like 70 turns either. So it's, it's finding that balance where it's like, you get this cool stuff in your starter decks, you get these upgrades and the health and this and that. But we still end up having, you know, 15 to 20 turn games, you know, or whatever, being the average. And uh, that's kind of what I'm hoping for, that it doesn't speed the game up too much. Maybe it gets really swingy and it's hard to tell where you're at at times because, like, depending on how you and it may end up that way. But I'm hoping that it's not super, you know, random. Like it's all I hope it doesn't just come down to how you shuffle. Yeah. yeah, well, it won't. Mm. Well, here's the other beauty of it too, guys. Sorry to jump in, and I'll make it short. But uh-huh. think about all the configurations, Rob. Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned like two to the tenth, com- some crazy number uh, for treasures alone, without yeah. factoring in what you do with your yeah. character points. And just think about like the different things you choose and how that affects. Like you, we mentioned your starting deck is going to get beefed up by by the cards that you choose. But what if all the upgrades you choose self sacrifice? So you're actually right. getting like this one benefit and then they're disappearing and then you're back down again. And now you're actually yeah. at this really nice start, but then jumping down to a thin down deck again. And then yeah. can, like, or maybe you want to do go other ways. Like there's different ways you can build your deck is what well, I'm saying. Um, it's yeah. just, it's really exciting to think about all the different things will be. And, and like, you'll be able facing other people choosing these other crazy configurations. Mm-hmm. And and ancestry is going to be a part of that too by the time we get to twenty four, and that just makes the possibilities insanely more complicated. Because Uh, now it's not just oh, how's that you know uh, wizard versus thief matchup? It's how's that dwarf wizard versus the you know orc thief or whatever (laughs) you want you want to do. Okay, I got a new sack force invitational idea. You. Have your build. This will probably only work for people who are Legends backers because you would want, or you have gems to spend, it's fine. But you would want to take your 24 character that you're familiar with, whatever, 
you go into the character um, building option where they're going to let you reroll. And then, like, turn by turn with your opponent, you're going to go from 1 to 24. Okay, I go, you go, and then you'd, like, take turns, whatever it is, snake draft, I don't know. And then you're building, like, as they're building, and you're trying to counter them as you go. Because you have so many options. So maybe you start choosing, okay, I'm going to start by choosing my my race. Okay, great. Now I'm going to go and choose my class. Okay, great. And then, like, how am I going to counter him? How am I going to counter that? How am I going to counter that? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And every time you're making a choice, and then they're making a counter choice, and you're making a choice. So you can see what you're, what the other guy is building while, the, yeah. while, while you're doing and it? You're, you're kind of doing it at, at the same time. And maybe you're just sending a message on the server, like, okay, I did this. Or, like, you send a screenshot. Whatever you do. I don't care. It would be awesome to do it live streaming with you one day, Dubs. Please <laughs> sign me up for that. But sure. <laughs> just rebuild live to say oh you did that mm, i think i'm gonna have to go and do this because i want to try to kick your ass that way or this is it's just an too interesting good. idea yeah yeah like that's, i could i could counter you a little bit with this but this so, this is so good and synergizes so with this other skill i'm gonna have to you're go making a skills. game of building your player or you're building your yeah. character before you play them out yeah that's yeah. kind of the opposite of what rob was saying in his interview he's like you could do you could get together with a friend start at level one play at level one and then yeah. secretly choose what you're going to level yes. up with, then play at level two and then do the same and then go all the way up and then keep track of your record. Yeah, that's right. That's also cool. Yeah. Really cool format. I do have a couple quick thoughts on level 24 that I want to get out there and then we can keep things mm-hmm. moving for our main focus here. But basically, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this in the timeline of it all a little bit and we know these adventure packs and stuff that are supposedly going to be in our hands by February, 2024 are going to go up to level 24, right? Mm-hmm. Which means that like they have to be finalized and go to print by some number of months prior to that. Well, and so that. it, yeah, it just makes me wonder like, what is how balanced is the road to 24 really going to be in its first iteration? Because well, I don't Chris, know if we'll first, have a chance first, digitally first, to play that. The dungeon Kickstarter says estimated delivery date, February, <laughs> yes, 2024. Yes. Oh yeah. I'm sure it won't be. <laughs> I'm an the chances of it. And I'm not, and hope, I'm not slamming hopefully. on WWG here, but the chances of that actually happening are slim to yeah. none. Right. I'm not trying to be in a uh, dick about yeah. it. So, I think like, there's it's going to take way uh, longer. I mean, to uh, be honest, there's just a lot that could go wrong. There's a, a lot a in quick, that pack. A quick point. Wise Wizard has had a couple of Kickstarters that have been that they started earlier in the process that have been years to do. That's known. It is what it is. They have changed their philosophy and said stuff is much more ready to almost ready to print by the time they do the Kickstarter now. So I don't know. It might be in uh-huh. a year that it's already, but I also the balancing hold my is not breath. ready. It, yeah, the balancing isn't ready for sure. We know, right? Right. So. I mean, it's an impossible task. It's an yeah. impossible. And task. it might not. Well, that's the other thing too. All right, and now, all right, now this is this might actually let's jump to the errata. This might actually be a good connecting point with, with the errata okay. because this this connects with. Um, and Sam, jump in. Oh wait, do you have something before we jump into errata? This. Just really Go. quick, I wanted to remind everyone that basically Rob had said that we have a is it the quests adventure like whatever it is, there's 13 of those, and that was sort of like in line with the first 
13, 14 levels that mm-hmm. we're out right now. But first that 12 does leave levels. us. First 12, right, fam. That does leave us with the next expansion of here are an additional, you know, whatever adventures. Yeah. So you're going to have more Ruin of Thandar, more watery yep. depths or whatever they're called, all that stuff going up to 24. And that is really exciting. And I really hope they get it into the app because honestly, I got no one to play with for that stuff. They're and not. They could, said they're not going to. He said in our interview, I think even that watery yeah. graves, ruin of Thandar and Lost Village like, will not be in the app. The cards uh, and upgrades for the characters and stuff will be in the app. But right. like the actual like campaign bundle won't. will be different. The, yep. So, yeah. okay, and we're going to talk about the model that things are going to release in later, all right? But first, first, because this, this, this connects to level 24, uh, because it, we get into this kind of uh, thought um, prison here, or like this conundrum where they're balancing cards now. They're, they're probably are ready to print. If they wanted to print, they would just set the rules for the cards and send them, and they probably could do it. All the artwork is done, everything, like all that stuff is done. Mm-hmm. But the balancing isn't done that. They haven't play tested it. And that's what they're going to use the beta digital app for. Okay. Which is mm-hmm. great. By the way, kudos to them for doing it like this. Now, here's the thing. So cool. Like, we're going to do this over the next X amount of months. Hopefully, they'll be happy with it at a certain point. Lock it in, uh, print it, and then ready to go. Right. But the game is still going to keep developing. We're going to get more levels. We're going to get new characters added. Things are going to change. They're probably going to have to do errata. Uh, like they've done for cleric and wizard and they're going to end up doing for ranger thief. and yep. thief. Yeah. Almost everybody. I think. It, yeah. And fighter two is going to get some for sure. Yep. Right. So basically every character is going to get changed a little bit. And as the game continues to grow, there's going to be continuous changes. Now here's the fun. Now this is the conundrum. So we think about the dungeons material getting set and then set to print and then released at February, 2024. But by the time it prints and gets out, there's going to be new stuff in the pipeline and the beta app that we're probably already going to see how it's going to affect and change cards in the future. Mm-hmm. Basically what this means is there's never going to be like a perfect printing of all of the cards that are up to date and not uh, eroded or haven't been updated. All right. There might be well into the future after we get to 24. Right. But we're well, we're way far away from that here. So this brings us to the point of errata cards. All right, and this is a—it's an interesting problem for Wise Wizard Games because they're doing this kind of uh, ambitious style of creating a game that's constantly changing. That's I, I like, by the way, it's fun to play. We've already talked about that, but in the print version of the cards is always going to be a little out of sync with what's happening at the cutting edge of the development of the game, right? So, what should they do about the errata, Tim? What do you think about this? So, so I want to say real quick since the Kickstarter's going on and there have been a bunch of people talking about the stuff that's been eroded from the app already and whatever, and why can't we just get those cards? Um, they had, a, there was a question, can we, in the frequently asked questions for the Kickstarter, can we get a pack with just cards that have errata? And the response is, sorry, no. This is because over time, I don't want there to be a million different errata packs, like Matt's saying. It would add to their cost, logistics, all kinds of stuff. Hero Realms is a living game with countless plays on the app and more and more cards, characters coming over time. Um, but basically, they say this process will never be done, and done is in all caps. It, <laughs> there will forever be the latest version of cards, never the final version of cards. And so, like, 
it's I like that they understand that with the way that they're doing stuff. They're not they're not dumb and just like, well, we're doing this errata now and then everything's good. Like stuff is gonna change. Like you said, they they're having these adventure packs that go up to twenty four. Well, we're not gonna be testing up to level twenty four before those are printed. Like that stuff's not gonna be in the app and whatever. We'll be testing like the dungeons cards and those are gonna be balanced and whatever probably before they start printing all the dungeons cards, but uh, all the stuff going up to level 24, that stuff could, a lot of that could change. Who knows? You know, like they already, I think changed one of the, what was it? One of the upgrade cards for level 14. I don't know. I don't remember now, but like, I do like that. They, they realize that it's like, this is like a living thing. It's a living game. It's yeah, not deal a with static it. You, game. And, and you're going to have yeah. to deal yep. with it. Yeah. yeah. And how Agreed. do you deal with it, right? On the paper version, you either play what you have and just accept it, or you agree to take what's being used in the digital app and just play it that way. And if a lot of the, yeah. these changes are to the skills and abilities anyway, you don't need to make cards to put in your deck and shuffle. These are cards you're right. just using in front of you. So. And and they said as the, when they print, you know, or, or reprint old stuff, they will probably update those cards. So they would be available in whatever, like if you wanted to go buy a new fighter deck, you could have it or whatever. But I, so I think the only thing that would make sense would be to come up with something. If they want to sell it, great. If not, just, you know, like you were saying, Tim, like you'll just put something into a card sleeve. Mm-hmm. So come up with a, a pack of blanks people could buy here are some cool blanks maybe you can put it over the card itself maybe the card slips into it and then there's like dry erase you can just write onto it what you want what it needs to say you know what i mean like something like that like that's the only thing you can think there's of. there's lots of things you can rob do. rob is totally right like it's a living game like it's there are going to be a million cards out they're Make not going to pdfs available uh, yeah. keep an up-to-date PDF that they can download online and use that way. That's fine. Here's yeah. my here's my last thing I'll say on this. Uh, I see people complaining on the Kickstarter comments about why don't you add the errata to the Dungeons campaign? All right. I get it. I understand you want errata cards, but this stuff is not... The Dungeons campaign isn't going to be printed for over a year from now. So by the time you get the errata a year from now, there's already there's going to be new errata that you're going to want at that point too. Like it's going to be a never ending cycle that you can't escape from. So yeah. I just don't understand. Like think at, they're dealing with a lot of stuff with the Dungeons kick, Kickstart, and it's good to voice your opinions and ask for stuff. That's how yeah, you get stuff yeah. you want. That's I'm not just saying don't do that, but like th- uh, the stuff. Asking for errata for with the dungeons Kickstarter isn't probably the best way to be uh, asking requests for a WWG. That's it's like a choose yeah. your battle situation, and that's not a battle yeah. worth choosing. <laughs> it, I agree with that. The, the other thing too that we have to keep in mind too is like I think people that are into board gaming, a lot of them, not for everybody, obviously we're all different humans and we have different things, but I think a lot of us are kind of like have a completionist and also yeah. a collector. Um, thread that runs through that community that's pretty strong and i get this kind of shit just drives people like that crazy what yeah. you changed a card i already have that card though now i've got to get the new card what the I hell that's why, <laughs> why people are mad about the dividers being expensive you know and that's a whole tangent we don't <laughs> yeah. have to go into but they feel like i gotta get all the dividers and they don't want to you know 
the dividers. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, well, we, oh and, uh, boy. We don't we don't need to go into like all of that stuff or whatever. But I, I do I do like they they plan on having an errata list on their website. I would suggest having a, an artistic version of the card that you could print out uh, on your printer at home or that even had like a disclaimer that you could take to, you know, Kinko's or FedEx or the, the print places, you know, that you can go to and get it printed out on cardstock if you want it to, you know, like match, you know, mm-hmm. the Hero Realms cards that you could that you could do that and have yeah. those cards and just say, hey, we're, we're, we're releasing this. We're not going to sell this to you. That's too much of a hassle for us. But here's the card, the updated version. You can go print it out. Definitely. But they're at least going to have a list that say what it does. And then I I use sleeves for my cards when I play on, on paper. So, like, it's pretty easy to slip something in there. It's not that thick. I can just write a piece of paper that says, oh, the mace also plus one gold. It's not that hard to do. Yep. There's ways to – and we just – again, we just kind of have to accept it, that it is what it is. And once you do that – uh, you can really enjoy you the game it. for what it is. Yeah. Yep. All right. Just a few more points to go through here. Um, the digital app refinement. All right. And I think I asked Rob a little bit about this and he didn't go into like ultra detail, but he basically confirmed that tournaments are coming. Uh-huh. A gem store is coming. Respecting uh-huh. characters is coming. Uh, he mentioned arenas. He, uh-huh. or he basically said, and I'm paraphrasing, everything that's in the Star Realms app we're going to bring over to Hero Realms as well. All right. So take, uh, and we and, have arena and, challenges and foil unlocks and et cetera, et cetera. And, and there's going to be specific stuff like the respects that isn't something that would apply to Star Realms that would be right. right. extra stuff. Right. But yeah. everything at the very least, everything that's in Star Realms, including tournaments and weekly arenas, which by the way are freaking awesome. They give you different ways and they bend the rules a little bit and you face off against players and you can unlock foil cards to add to your deck that look cool. And it's just a fun way to keep you interested and engaged with the game. Every time you play that card, it turns to the foil version and you get to use that in the app. It's it's nice. And you feel accomplished with with your cool Mm -hmm. collection of cards. It's it's a lot of fun. Now, um, this is great news because it means they are polishing up and adding functionality to the actual digital app, which is still pretty bare bones as of this recording. Uh, but it's good news that they're either working on it or it's really close or soon, soon or t- trademark as, as Joel mm-hmm. would say in the discord. Uh, it's on the, it's coming down the pipeline guys and it will help to retain player engagement. Um, it'll keep the kind of community vibrant and, um, bustling and give us things to talk about and play for. And, um, anyways, I was just really happy to hear about that. What, what are you guys thoughts about this? I think it's sweet. I never played the arenas in star realms and stuff like that. So this idea of like a weekly thing that gets you foils and it like is cool formats and like, it'll open up, uh, the strategy of like, how are you guys approaching this week? Or like, Oh, I use this build of cleric and I did it on my first try. Oh, I've been losing with thief over and over. Maybe I'll give that a shot. I think it creates a level of like engagement and investment and keep people coming back that I, you know, I think it's all win, win, I think, you know, let's let's get it in as soon as uh, as as possible. Um, and so I'm really excited uh, at that prospect. 
did anyone have anything they wanted to say about the the arena or tournament or anything? I guess release schedule is something in the back of my head, but maybe we're not quite to that yet that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I think I covered it. Do you have any reactions to the arena stuff? Yeah, I'm looking forward to all of that stuff. I love arenas and Star Realms. It was one of the things that I really liked. And it it takes a different skill set than just the normal game because it it twists one of the rules and it changes every week. So somebody that can think about how the game plays and how is this one change going to change how everything plays like yeah, and 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 the way that the arenas work is if you lose twice, you're 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 out, and you have to start over, and and then you pay gems or whatever for it. So, but you have to win six to complete it. So, if you can make it to six wins without losing twice, you finish the arena, and you can do yeah, it more and, than once. And you unlock a cool but, foil card to, that you can yeah. only get by doing that. So it's kind of like a badge of honor the, for doing. They that, they, yeah. they do have like a way to purchase the foils with. I think they have coins and star Wars, later. Yeah. Like, and you might yeah. be able to get the, uh, it might be the avatars that certain avatars. And that's yeah. the other thing we, there's probably, there's mm-hmm. presumably going to be some really cool avatars that we can unlock for mm-hmm. our, like, can you imagine just adding extra wizard or, you know, clerics or rangers? Like it's going to be fun to do yeah, all this stuff. Good. It's little stuff like this that again, enrich the game and keep us engaged with it. Yeah. So, so the kind of the last part of this that we were talking about is kind of the stuff that they've said, is upcoming for the app and an idea of a release schedule. So what have they said about that guys? Rob didn't give any like thing. He didn't say this is going to come out this year and this month, of course, but he gave like a general idea of like Mm -hmm. how they're, they're planning to uh, release this stuff over time. Um, Chris, how is your memory on this stuff? So I think he said that they're going to do a bump of two levels and then they'll alternate that with some new cards, like a new expansion or a new new set of like market cards. And then like they'll the do another arms, two levels. Like yep. the Call to Arms expansion in beta right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then they'll do another two levels and then they'll do another, you know, set of cards. So it'll be like w- things that change your character and then things that change the cards you play with, like kind of back and forth like that. And I think what I remember him saying was I think they're going to do like they're going to do the call to arms and level 14 and then they're going to do journeys and then level 16 and then ancestry and then level 18 and it's going to be like a long time before dungeons is actually like in the Mm -hmm. app right guys and like that yes Mm -hmm. it's kind of depressing and weird and surprising to me because like don't like they could just like hit a button it feels like right since it like all exists in the beta like they could just hit a button and make it exist in the production side so like it it would take some amount of like self-restraint to not just hit that button and make it exist in both places. Okay. Well, know? here's the, I think they're probably going to try to time the release with a physical release of dungeons as well. They uh, might yep. now do the production before nope. that. Right. It, no. Right. No. Tim says no. I so, think that's what I thought too. Jake. So, so the stuff and how I understand it and how it's worked with their other stuff, their cars are going to kind of release in the same order that they release physically. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have, you know, we have our base game and the character packs now. Then they're going to have that first Kickstarter promos. Then they're going to start doing like the ancestry and journeys and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And so, and then after all that's done, then it's going to be time for dungeons, watery graves, all of all of those sorts of cards. Watery graves might actually come before dungeons. It right? might. It, yeah, they're going to release at the same time. So when it when it's the okay. when that stuff all releases at the same time, they kind of decide how they're going to put it. Out, Got it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's it's a little counterintuitive because we're beta testing dungeons right now in the digital app, even though it's not going to be released for well down. It, there's going to be other stuff that's going to release before that, that we right. haven't even seen yet. Right. So and yeah. that's just something to keep it. But this is another uh, reason. If you really like beta testing, you want to play with the dungeon stuff quickly. It's a good uh, reason to get the legends backer uh, beta access and- because you'll get it basically like a year and a half or a year plus before it's ever released. I, um, they're going to put ancestry into beta, right? I mean, I'm sure they will relatively soon. Yeah. yeah. Relatively soon. Yeah. Is what he yeah, said. Cause they say that's the next thing after call to arms and the call to arms is in there. Well, so ancestry will be in production before dungeons will. Right. Uh, right. Right. And uh, another thing too, I want to say here is, and I don't know exactly how they're going to do it, but they're not going to actually release like the, the sets that are released in paper version won't be in the same format in uh, the digital app. So like the ruin of Thandar uh, won't re- be released like that. It'll be released as separate character upgrades and then probably uh, market card expansions that you pay separately for that account for those expansions, but they'll be bundled differently. Mm-hmm. It, I think I've got that right. So we're going to yep. get all of the content that's in the paper but it's going to be organized a little differently. And it's going to be released probably at in these different little trickles where we're getting character upgrades first and level upgrades, and then we're going to get some market cards, et cetera. So and, I, it's and, kind of cool. And, yeah. And at least in the first one that they have said, it's call to arms and the level 14, which is, I think those upgrades are from watery grades, I believe. Yeah, I, they are. For which sure. is interesting. Like, so like there, there, there's a, there's a weird, way they're balancing all of that and sometimes it's it's it with that one it's a small set of what like what like 20 cards mm-hmm. but it's much more about going to level 14 well that, yeah so. actually in thinking about it if you know the two ex- if rune and thandar and you know whatever the other campaign is i can't remember the name of it but if those two are already out now then lost it would kind of make sense that yeah lost village thank you that you know watery graves would be next and then they would go dungeon so interesting that's very interesting so I love so, it. so we may get like some of the dungeons upgrades and stuff before although no i guess that's still only going to go up to about the same level right yeah so know. we're speculating here but the, yeah, the main the main takeaway matter. is the main takeaway is they're going to be releasing like these trickles and trickles isn't a great word these bundles of cards that focus on character development and then some market uh, deck expansions so that we're getting kind of this release of uh, cards over time, um, Mm -hmm. which I think is pretty cool because then we're getting new content, you know, every once in a while that'll keep us engaged and that we can play with. So the way he uh, overviewed it in the interview was uh, pretty cool. And it actually gave like a sim, not a super clear vision, obviously, because we're still a little, um, you know, we, we don't have a perfect vision of what it is, but at least we kind of can see how the digital is going to continue to de- development and how that ties in with all of the, the paper mm-hmm. content. So I thought it was a really great, I'd never heard him really frame it like that before. I think sparks and rec was the first time he really did that. So that huh. it's kind of big news. That is kind of big news. That's true. Now, 
Jig and and Tim and Chris, if you guys have played the app more than I have in Star Realms, how do you think they're going to do that? Like for our non uh, Legend tier back like listeners, what should they expect? Should they expect to pay a buck every time this comes yeah, out? That, two bucks every time this comes out, kind of thing. That's pretty much most of the sets for like Star Realms. Like so, you have the base game, which is the base you know starter decks and. Uh, trade row for that one yeah then there were like four or five expansions that came out with that base game so like there's the heroes the events and each of those are like a dollar 99 yep so and some of those are and you don't have to buy those you can play the game without those all you want forever you just can't and when there's arenas and I'm not, I think the tournaments too, like when they include those sets, you get to use those even if you don't have those expansions ah. in the app. But you can't play uh, ranked games or challenges using those if you don't buy them, basically. Okay, that's awesome. And, and, and they, and they kind of, and they don't drop like four of those expansions at once. Usually they'll do one and then a few months later they'll do another one and then a few months later they'll do another one. So it, keeps getting new content and it's a little bit at a time. So it, it, yep. it, it adds something new, but it isn't like this huge until like a new base set drops. And that, that's a whole big change. Then you have like a whole, right? a whole Kickstarter, right? That's <laughs> awesome. I think that's really good to keep in mind too, because I am assuming we can't know for sure, but you can assume, you know, based on past history that that's similar to how things will kind of right. release as well. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys, I think we've this, by the way, awesome discussion and it helps. Yeah, it went long, but it helps me kind of to unpack all of the stuff that he said there, because there's a lot of info that he gave us. So it's good to Mm -hmm. kind of sit down and and digest it with you guys. All right. That wraps up um, this episode's main focus. Up next, we're going to head into card talk. This is my boomstick. Welcome to Card Talk. Today we are going to talk about dungeons. We had a number of special episodes where we went through all the cards that have been spoiled in the dungeons beta and talked about each card, what we thought of this and that. So today for Card Talk, we're going to go through and talk about like a more overall view of like what's some stuff that surprised us what's some stuff that like no we were dead on on this or like no we were completely wrong about this what are some things that we found what about a couple of the balance changes they've already made in the market deck so that's our card talk today first why don't you start out with the updates that's a good place to start before yeah. we get into the so, the dirty so they've updated what like five cards from dungeons uh inquisitor's touch which was i've got it here <laughs> you've got it I've here got why it. don't you explain what the changes are then matt all right well the inquisitor's touch used to be uh four healing and then three uh gold uh on the faction ability Mm-hmm. And then I think they've changed it to um, one. It's one mm-hmm. gold and four healing, and then two for the faction ability. Yeah, so it's a little better without factioning. Yeah. Yes. Um, light the way was too strong 
uh, it used to be three damage and three healing. And then for each champion you have in play, an extra two damage oh. and two healing. And now it's now it's four and four and one plus one for each champion. Is that or right? I think it's just, is it one and one for each champion? So it still counts I each. Think so. Okay. Yeah. yeah so it's they, still pretty they, dang good. They, they upped the base of the card and then have lowered the, the bonus for the champions. Multiplier. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still dang good, but it's not quite as OP as it was. Good change, I agree with. Wild uh, Wild Charge uh, used to be 7 damage plus 3 damage for each other wild card you have in play. But they've changed it so that you can only get a maximum of plus 3 damage total if you have 3 more wild characters in there. Is that right? So so they, they did... The base damage, and then if you faction it, you get plus three damage, and if you fa- if you double faction it, you get plus three. So they limited it to two, basically, whereas okay. before it would be unlimited. All right, so right. it's 13 maximum damage now right. if you double faction Ooh. it, okay. yeah, which is still <laughs> redundant. And, and, and the, this and Full Moon's Call are now double faction Caps. cards, which is new to Hero Realms. I didn't even yep. recognize it. I was like, what's the symbol, Joel? That, what that, did you post here? That's, I knew yeah, it from Star Wars. Was like, yep. I thought they like screwed it up when I saw it small and I was like, oh, wait, no. It's, it's an awesome, yeah, it's a really awesome mechanic. It's just paying you for, you know, rewarding you for going deep into a color. Um, yeah. Full Moon's Call. Now, Tim, you said, all right, so this is six damage, or the original version was six damage. Draw a card for each wild you have in play. And the nerfed version yep. is? Is that it's the six damage, and then you draw a card when you faction it, and when you double faction it, you draw another card. So it's limited Maximum to two draws. Two draws. Yeah. yeah. So instead yeah. of instead of I have fifteen wild cards in my deck, if <laughs> I played five of them and I keep drawing these wild cards when I'm drawing the cards from it, that I could draw fifteen cards. It's only going to draw you two. I think it actually draws off itself and has the faction ability. Yeah, so I think and it it's has a, draw a base three. draw too. Yeah, it's, it has yeah, the it base draw three. and the six damage or whatever. Yeah, it is. so it's three max. Yeah, but which yeah, is yeah, still great. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they they just limited the bonuses of those two cards to two bonuses instead of being able to get way more, which they needed to be honest. Yes, um, yeah. that is the highest draw of any card, isn't it? If you double faction that, then you get three draws. There's no other card that can get you three. It's Word of power gives you two, and that's the not other. without st- preparing champions. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> next is Pit Trap. And this was originally six damage. And whenever you stun a champion, you get two extra gold, which, holy cow, if you were able to knock off a couple champions, yes. it was awesome. But now I think it only gives you it one time, right? Once. For a, once. Yeah. So you can get a maximum two. The first time it. you stun a champion, you get two gold. Yeah. Chris, what so guys, when when I played Pit Trap before and I was like stunning champions over and over, I would always imagine the sound in Mario when there's the bricks <laughs> that could get more brick. than one coin. I'd be like, in my yeah. head, I'm like, ding, 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 <laughs> racking up the money. And now in my head, I just make one sad little ding. <laughs> that uh, basically sums fun, up what happened. By yeah. the way, everyone, I'm gonna, I will put the updated uh, images of these um, cards in this episode's show notes. I'm going to leave the past ones there because it's a good record of kind of how the cards initially came out and then it'll be cool yeah. to look at them later. But I'll, I'll link the new uh, images for these updated cards. 
So we should actually talk about what we think about the. We just talked about what the changes are. A quick reaction to the errata. A, a, I have a, a couple quick things reaction to say. Of that. Yeah. yeah. So I think the every single one of these is a good change. Um, I like Inquisitor's Touch more now, um, especially because I wasn't usually factioning it. So like getting the one gold from it as a kind of a much bonus better. when I'm not factioning, much better of a base ability. Uh, Light the Ways base ability is better. Now, granted, if you have that big champion wall, it's a lot worse overall. So like I like that balance of it. Uh, the the Wild Charge, Full Moon's Call, both needed that nerf. Like that's, mm-hmm. I like that they limited that. They're still super good and super. I mean, I still want to buy those cards every time they're up. But they're, they're still A cards, right? All yeah, of them are right. still A's. Yes, and yeah. and Pit Trap uh, was another one. Like I didn't think that was like too crazy broken usually, but like it would have its moments where it could be um, stupid. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but yeah, I think these are all really good changes that just help bring stuff in line a little more. Mm-hmm. I'll go next. I think that I'll echo what Tim said. They are A plus changes. Wise Wizard Games showing why they are the wise wizards making games here. Um <laughs> I I think it's good stuff. I uh will say I like how visually Wild Charge and Full Moon's Call are cleaned up quite a bit by um like having the mechanics work this way with the faction and the double faction. It's just it's a it's a and nice icons. clean look yeah. that simplifies it yep. so cut down on the text and use icons is always good if you can do that yep. yeah yep. agreed I, I for me the big takeaway in these nerfs and i think going forward this could be something we see and the reason why i say that is if you get higher levels then you are going to get more ability to control your deck and your draw and things that are happening right and that's going to make the game much more swingy if you have these cards with unlimited addition where you say every champion I have, I get plus two health, plus two damage, or every wild card I have, I'm going to draw something. In addition to these high level abilities, it was going to make the game more swingy and more unpredictable, which I think they're probably not going for that. If I had to guess, they probably don't want it to be random RNG kind of a thing or as crazy as that. So I, my prediction with seeing these errata changes is that we're probably going to see like the end to these unlimited, like every time this thing happens, it'll trigger this event no matter what. I don't know for sure, but that's my guess. They're probably going to try to cap more stuff going forward. Uh, so the first faction, should we talk about Imperials? Yeah. So um, I think for me, make camp has turned out to be pretty awesome. The fact that it gives three gold has been really good. Um, Rune of resolve. Uh, has kind of turned out to be, I think, like an A++ <laughs> uh, with all these barbarians that are around these days. Mm-hmm. Um, Rune of Resolve just really dominates either side of the barbarian matchup, whether it's a mirror match and you get it, it's amazing, or if you're playing against a barbarian, that's going to help you um, like do the job against them. Uh, another thing I've noticed is Imperial Tunneler, which is that cheap champion that bottom decks and factions for a gold a lot of times a pair of those can get like left on the row and you can buy them both up at once and bottom deck both of them and kind of guarantee the factioning and that you'll get the couple gold it's not something you always want to be doing but um 
they kind of like get left on the row a lot and like having that in the back of your head as an option can be good. Um, and then Lumina, the wizard that gives you gold health and draws a card and factions to draw a card. At first, she seemed like kind of just okay, but I've actually come around to like like her quite a bit. I feel like I'm almost always factioning with her and, and drawing um, off the faction ability, and it's just like cards, 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 and then you know you're just off to the races from there. All right, I'm going to piggyback off this. One thing on uh, the Tunneler, agreed. He's he's good, and uh, although. Chris gave an interesting situation where you might get two of them and be able to bottom deck both of them. Rather than that, if you're into uh, Imperial in your deck already, just getting one Tunneler at the bottom of your deck and uh, knowing that you have another Imperial um, in your deck that's going to be drawn, or if you're playing a Wizard or a Ranger or something and you can uh, um, cycle your deck and draw uh, uh, an Imperial on the following the resulting shuffle, there's a lot of different ways you can hit that Imperial Tunners is what I'm saying, without getting two Tunners. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the uh, you said Lumina. She is better than I thought. She was actually my <laughs> least... Uh, I, I forget what I gave her, but it was, I might have even given her like a C or B- minus or something, but she's good. She's awesome. She, she doesn't kill your opponent, but she'll help you win games, <laughs> if, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. she's, she's really good. For the rest of the Imperials, they're all. I thought they were all good, and I told. I think I said it's my favorite faction of the uh, of the new cards, and they're good. Rune of Resolve, I knew it was going to be incredible, and it's just amazing. I think all of these cards are super strong. So that's that's my reaction to the Imperials. Yeah, I think uh, one card that was kind of a standout for Imperial was Mate Camp. It was one that like. I thought was a pretty decent card. I'm almost always buying that. It's a very efficient card. Uh, like Runa Resolve and some of the others you're talking about, those are more expensive cards. They ought to be really good cards, right? You know, so um, they're not surprising or anything to me. I do like the synergies with like Maraglow and Roland or any of the like prepare champion stuff. Like, but if you can get Maraglow and Roland, that's like 20 damage out of two cards because they're <laughs> yeah, just literally. preparing each other back and forth like twice, you know, plus their base <laughs> damage. And if you get another card on there too, like it's, it's nuts. I, or I Lumina, the first, if you, yeah, or first Lumina time, first just time I did it. that. Yeah. First time I did that, I was like, holy crap. Like I was kind of expecting some of that stuff when I was buying it or whatever, but it was kind of like, I didn't realize it'd be this much damage. <laughs> Can yeah, we say I mean, Roland is the best champion in the dungeon set? I don't know. Probably. He's pretty good. The, I the think I can say I, I, I think I could, you could make an argument that he is the best champion in the set. Interesting. I hadn't considered that, but yeah, you could make a case for it. I mean, I feel I, like I I'm always shooting for him. I, w- yeah. I wouldn't argue too hard against it. That's for sure. He's got like, a good I, sword that grip. That's valid. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh Sammy, how about you? What are your surprises or thoughts on Imperial? I feel like you guys really have covered the the major bases of super strong class and um really have enjoyed having more prepare in the deck. I think that's yeah. a lot of fun. Uh and then they I, they kind of stuck with the classic hits from there, getting a lot of heal, having those combo cards, um and having a decent amount of draw and I you know, it just made it really, really good. And I think they had a little more uh, 
little more heal plus economy stuff, which in dungeons made it strong. But yeah. as far as I don't have a lot, ton of thoughts that to add as far as like what was surprising or what was um, best from there. So I, yeah, what do you guys want to do next? Guild? I, 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 do, I do think there's a little more like base healing on the Imperial cards with this uh-huh. set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. it seems like it. We might have oh, said that also- when we went through the preview or whatever, but like that's a just another thing to say. Like it's nice yep. to have it not have to faction to get that healing that you can buy it just for the healing. Yeah, and, and another plus one on what Dubs was saying with Barbarian, like it's great uh-huh. to get some of those cards that have the damage and healing or you know, some draw, whatever, like it helps so much. So before uh, before yeah. we jump in, guys, I know it's not dungeons, but it's in the new beta stuff is um, Devotion, which is actually an updated card as well. Uh, it got mm-hmm. changed from giving extra uh, <laughs> coins for yep. champions to just giving, I think, four base healing. And at first right. I was like, oh, this is a this is a huge nerf. I'm never going to buy this now. I overreacted a little bit. It's damn good. So good. <laughs> it's really good. You, you overreacted a lot. I did. Well, because <laughs> it, it, it is give, worse. It it, it, it's still worse champion. than it was. It's still worse than it was, but it's good in ways, and it's really good when you use it with uh, the barbarian. Barbarian really likes it, and the soul a wizard loves that freaking card because you can just uh, channel with impunity, and that helps you draw, and it gives you healing, and it's an action. Like it's a really good card. Anyways, that's <gasps> just an honorable mention for, Ooh, for I didn't surprise. Think about that, that might make yeah, that might make that a more viable build. It is more a lot less of a glass. Yeah, it's a lot less of a glass cannon now. So, what's next, guys? Guild? Are we going to talk about guild next? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you start with guild? Okay. Um, So with guild, um, I think the biggest thing that I would say I can't remember the name of the card. It's the two gold one that lets you draw. Robbery. Mm -hmm. That I thought I think be pretty much widely panned it. I'm not excited about this card. Blah blah blah. I'd That's buy a that called card arms a lot. card too, I think. But yeah, yeah. Oh, is Isn't it? it? Okay. Well, yeah. I'm not sure. It's a new card. Yeah, it's better than I, I thought play, too. I agree with you. I always yeah. play Call to Arms and Dungeons together, so I actually don't know the difference between <laughs> between them for the most part. But that was been my standout surprise. That was the first card I thought of of all the cards because I thought we were just going to say like pick one of your one of the ones that was the biggest surprise. That card for me was the biggest surprise because I honestly didn't think it was going to be that yeah, good. No, cool. Whatever. It's better than no, just having, too. yeah, just having a, a a single draw for that. Like I'm buying that card almost every time, not every time. It's not amazing, it's, but I buy it fairly often it, for it's, being what it's, it is. It's really cheap to get a draw in a gold. Yeah, and the other thing like, I think that's true really that good. that makes it better is that the uh, there's a lot of other guild cards mm. that you want to buy that bottom deck or that just have. Right nasty faction combo abilities. faction abilities yeah. so you want it in your deck because it's not only going to faction with them but it's also going to draw so maybe you draw into it right yeah. um that was my biggest kind of observation for the guild cards uh that's great great choice yeah. all right let's keep them rolling timmy what's your what are your thoughts on guild so so i didn't have a lot of thoughts on guild except for like every time i buy smuggle i <laughs> i i still think it top smuggle. decks and it decks it and happens. i and and so like I feel like I oh this I, I felt like this card is really really good not like a plus or anything but like this is a really solid card I keep messing it up and it ends up not <laughs> being a very good card and maybe that's just me because I keep thinking yeah. 
I'm going to put these cards, they're going to go to the top, and then I use a draw ability, and I get something else. I'm like, I just messed up my whole turn because I can't read. It's still <laughs> really good, but yeah, it's not as yeah. good as... if. Yeah, it's still a really good card though. If you if you're it's the inverse of of domination and firebomb. When you buy both of those, when you buy smuggle, instead of bottom decking it every turn, you're going to top deck it every turn with only combat. (laughs) So you're not going to be able to buy anything to bottom deck anything else. Yeah, there you go. It is what it is. (laughs) Chris, what are your thoughts on guild? So we said that Apprentice Trapmaker, Rattling Collector, and Trapmaster Rian were like not very good, and they I think turned out to be worse than we even thought they were. Those cards. You know what's funny is I was gonna say like we They're should bad. do a where were we right, where were we wrong? But yeah, go yeah. ahead. Apprentice Trapmaker might be the worst card in the set. God, it's great. It might be the street thug of the set. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, those uh, street thug so, might be better. Look, scavenger or trap maker? Uh, scavenger? We'll get to scavenger oh, um, next. Scavenger is yeah, worse really. than I thought too. And I didn't think yeah. it was great either, but it's even worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we'll get there. Um uh, I will say with House Always Wins, uh, as a huge deception fan, I thought I would be like doing the thing and factioning House Always Wins a lot more often than I was, but they like it's balanced enough that like you're not yeah. really going for it that often. And like I just kind of found myself factioning that card less often than I thought I would. I, um, I use the I, crap out of that with wizard. I, I love a house yeah. always wins. I love it. I think I buy it way more than I buy profit in the, in the base deck for sure. But yeah. I, I um, <laughs> yeah. King Screet, uh, he's not terrible, but I avoid him to some extent. And okay. I think that Rat Swarm, the six cost action, so in some ways they're a little parallel in my mind. Uh, it's probably like twice as good. <laughs> so Rat Swarm kind of exceeding expectations a little bit, and King Screet falling the, a little under. The, yeah. What's the one that gives you the fire gem? And if you you draw and you get a hunt for jewels so good and, and i thought it was good it so but good. like it's better playing it more too. and more like Agreed. when it factions that card's insane yeah so yep. good so good yeah uh you know i i think in general is aside from the ones we mentioned most of the guild cards are a little better than i thought rattling welcome we knew is going to be really good but yeah. holy crap it's an awesome card like yeah it's super good especially Ooh. early game uh I will. you just mentioned rat swarm and hunt for jewels both better than i thought King Screed, I might still be a little bit lower on. One last thing are the two big champions. Ungra, the unbeaten, is actually really freaking good. And Maximus Guild Boss is better than I thought. And sometimes, I, even it's now, their like, defense. I, yeah. That's one that deserves a shout out because I, I think I, I'm pretty sure when we started, Matt, you were like, oh, Ungra, new worst eight gold. Eight cost right? card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But having that I, draw, man, draw is so strong. Well, the stun target too is just huge. That's oh a, yeah, it's a, it he's a huge, a huge champ. He's really good, and Maximus just gives you so much flexibility. He's he's awesome mm-hmm. too. But yeah, those are my comments on Guild Necros time. And <laughs> no, we did want to <laughs> we did want to bash <laughs> on Scavenger a little bit, so we could take turns saying that that card turned out to be bad. I think we already mentioned on the pod that, like, you know, it kind of feels like it punishes you for two gold because you're not getting a gold off its expendability and you're sacking a gold out of hand. Um, so not too much more for me it's to add bad. to that. It's the worst sacrifice card easily in the game, I think. Yeah, it's tough. Yep, um, but Great I will say. Though. It, yeah, yeah, mu- yeah, much much like I think the sacrificial dagger can kind of be a trap card. Mm. 
mm-hmm. I think scavengers the same sort of way. Mm-hmm. You can make it work, but it just it doesn't work like you want it to. Right. It's I just agree. not that good. I will say uh, I've been loving Grave Robbery. Grave Robbery is an awesome uh-huh. card. One hundred percent. So Having good. Sacrifice way better a, than I thought it was going to be. Yep. On an econ action is great, and then when you faction it in a relevant way, you just feel like you did something awesome. So strong. Um, soul transfer. Uh, Rob kind of mentioned the fact that like yep. you can use it to yeah. buy a thing, and then the thing that you bought you can sacrifice to put on top. Uh, has been really nice. The interaction of both of those with grave robbery and doing more top decking stuff is cool. That uh, segues a little bit into last embrace where I've had some cool turns. The thing with last embrace is that you sacrifice it and it brings the champion straight into your hand. So you can really make like some like desperate gambit plays at the end of the game to like KO punch someone out of nowhere off of last embrace. And I also uh, will conclude in saying that I like ritualist Farkir a lot more now that he like works better to kind of work mm-hmm. as we uh, might have expected him to work in the app. So now that he's working as intended, he's a lot better. He, he, he doesn't auto expend at the beginning of your turn. You can pick when when to use him now so. or not yeah. use him at all. Yeah, yeah. And you can pick yeah. none. Yeah. yeah, he's it's the perfect flexibility that you want in the card. Yep. Also, I, I just want to call it really quick that uh, in that previous episode, me and Chris were totally right, and you two were very wrong. So, <laughs> oh, I'll say it went there. Man, man. <laughs> went there. I don't I'll even really re- stated now. Sam, I don't even remember what I said, man. So that's funny. I don't either. I, I have. I, that's me every day. Well, Sam and I do. <laughs> that's we, were right, damn it. we were right. <laughs> that's a, that's okay. A lot of these cards that you're like, these surprise me. These this and that. I think I rated higher than you guys when we initially went through them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. most of the stuff that we're talking about is pretty much how I felt about them. Although there are some that are a little better than I thought. Even better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with everything you guys said. Scavenger is even worse than uh, imagined. Stock from the Shadows is even better than I thought. And I think I mm-hmm. gave it an, a solid A, but I, I'd probably give it an A plus now. It's just yep. so dang good. It's just so but efficient. Most um, most of most of the uh, acquired a bottom are real, and we said they were going to be good, but like it's even better. Like just yeah, I feel and, like, and I, I, I feel wanted like to talk about that. The best yeah. ones. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, all of them. I think I, I think that mechanic in general, and we can talk about that later in the segment. But the buying cards to the bottom of your deck is so in, unbelievably strong, even for mediocre cards or cards that seem like they're mediocre. Mm-hmm. Knowing mm-hmm. where they are, knowing that you can get them in timing and doing hijinks with them is just super powerful. I, I love it. Yep. The last thing I'll say is Awaken the Dead is probably worse than i thought it's yeah, harder it's, it's hard to say that it's hard yeah. to use it's 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 appealing but it never comes not, at a time yeah, that i've been able to play it. worth it yeah yeah so that, that it's so freaking expensive it's like and i think we were pretty temperate on our that's ratings about what we too, said on it yeah. but it's worse yep. than it's even worse Dude, in i came out and hang it I thought it was Tyranor. I can admit it. I thought it was Tyranor, and it's not it's Tyranor. Not it looks Tyranor. and sounds awesome. I agree, but it doesn't yeah. work that way. Yeah. How many anyway, games right. have you got where you had that many champs and you could sack and top? Yeah. Oh, I've I've you know, made like, use of it before, but it's it's not worth the eight usually. It really isn't. Yeah. yeah. And I often, I often scrap it for the draw. (laughs) I'm like, man, I really need that draw. I guess I'll scrap it after using it once. So anyway. Right. 
All right, let's hit up wild guys. What do you think? Oh, love it. Uh, I I lo- I love explore, man. I thought it, I thought it was good when we went through them, but like I I love these efficient low cost cards that are just really good. Bushwhack's another one. Ooh, I would say, and so in both hot. of these, I thought were good when we rated them. But like, man, I love those cards. All right, yep. Tim, is Explore better than Elden Gift? <sighs> Maybe it's close. It's close. I I think uh, they both have their moments where they're better than the other, and it depends on where you're at in the game. And I'd say overall, nice. I'd say overall, they're probably really close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, gift is so good. It, I don't know the answer either. I was just asking it because it's a good question. Um, Guys, I'm gonna, right, let's... I want to jump in for the spirit of debate here a little bit because I want to I want to preface this that I'm ready uh, to get dogpot a little bit here, and I also want to set the expectation that I don't think it's bad. Explore is not bad by any means. I'm not trying to say explore is bad, but I think explore is a little less good than I thought it was. I was looking at it and I was like, this is the set's elven gift and it's going to be insane. But really, there's a couple things about it that make it not as good as elven gift for me. The fact it only gives one econ and that's kind of a big deal of what elven gift does for you. I think that like the two econ, um, it's relevant. You're paying two economy to get a card that only gives you one econ. And then I also think that the fact that it doesn't... um, uh, it doesn't give you the option in game right now, like missing that flexibility of choosing not to be able to draw, I think mm. makes it less good than Elven Gift as well. Um, wow. And I also think that like I basically never end up wanting to like sacrifice it out hardly ever. So I'm getting less damage than off of just I do the a base lot. ability. I sacrifice so, it a lot. I sacrifice yeah. it. One, I sacrifice it a lot. Um, and two, like... I'm also looking like how often am I actually factioning Elven Gift and getting that damage? Because if I'm not getting the damage from it, I think Explore's better. But if I'm both, getting the damage off of Elven Gift, I would go you, with you. You Chris. both make really good points. Chris, you made a really good point too. And you're both right. I mean, yeah, yeah. you're both right. So, yeah. Great. They're both good cards. Now, yeah, I, it depends on what you're doing and who you're facing against. I think that determines yes. it. But, yeah. Good stuff. Um, what else do you have to say about wild guys? Sammy, you have any um, notable cards you want to bring up? I feel like we were pretty spot on with wild. Um, wild is like the your favorite cousin. You maybe haven't seen him in a few years, but you know what they're like, and they're awesome. It just <laughs> kicks the shit out of people. It makes them discard their hand. You can draw and discard your own hand. I love it. Yeah. Well, it's and, so good. And it's so strong. Like these dungeon cards are so strong. They, they, I was excited about it when we got to review them. And I'm more excited about it that I've played with the cards. I love them. It, and they nerfed a, you know, full moon's call or whatever. Yeah. The, yep, yep, yeah. Yeah. Full moon's call and wild charge. And even with the nerf, those two cards are still so still really they're good. off the chart. Yeah, they're super and, good. you know, plus one to your bushwhack call out, Timmy, because that's that's a mm-hmm. really good card for three costs, like crazy yeah. good. They're good. <laughs> it, I, I want to give a quick shout out to Gemia Wolf Scout because uh, here, I'm sorry, they Gemma? are they they <laughs> Gemia Gemla is it? Sorry, it's an L. Um, Gemla is 
better than I thought. Gemla's a pretty good card. Uh, just solid, mm, especially at the end of that. Yeah, it's better than I thought. Auberon is also better than I thought. Um, mm-hmm. he, he He's still oh. a luxury if you can afford him, and he doesn't always work right away, but he can do crazy. I especially do like him a lot. stand him up again. Holy cow, he does crazy work. Finally, I'll say Chore the Underdweller is also better than I thought, just because of that. Um, bottom deck. He was on he's my like, list. Mm-hmm. He's a big body. He's, he's not flashy, oh. but he's got the numbers where you want the numbers. And yeah. because he goes to the bottom deck as a guard, he can kind of come to your rescue a little faster than yeah. guards can like tend to. Yeah. yeah, that's a good call. He's a solid, like a solid piece. Just, you know, decent damage, decent guard. And he comes right into, into play. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Quickly, let's go through the character upgrades, guys. Um, uh, can we all just agree that ship in the bottle is probably a little over P and maybe the best character upgrade the card best. in the set? It's oh the yeah, best. I would agree. Absolutely, it's so good. Uh, I think it might they might have to nerf it to only giving two um, scrap for two uh, rather than three. That might be a good I, two cost. Ramp. I I, yeah. I don't think I don't think it's too good that it necessarily needs a nerf. I okay. just think it's really good. It's super good. Like you have to choose it basically, or you don't have yeah. to choose it, but you're, well, you're, if you well, don't treasure map is shit. So yeah, <laughs> so, that's so like, thing. even, even if ship in the bottle wasn't good, you'd still pick ship in a bottle, but it happens yeah. to be really good. So yeah. even I think what they're, was... they're going to end up buffing treasure map is what's going to They will. Happen. I hope so. Yeah. It, I loved ship in a bottle. It's awesome. It, it's not flashy. It's just econ, but like you can do, you can get off to such a crazy start mm-hmm. with it, with the wizard. It's, it's mm-hmm. insane. Um, all right. I think we're all in agreement. We don't have to talk about it too much. What are some other character uh, upgrades and stuff that you like with the new, the new set? I have to admit that I've kind of like only tried out one of each upgrade, basically, you know, like as far yeah, as same. getting to level 14, I haven't had a chance to try a lot of them. Um, uh, so you know, Imperial Sailor was the route I went there and I've liked it. I think that's better overall. Yeah, it's really. Yeah, good. that's the cleric one that lets you interact with the market a little bit, which is really sweet for fighter. Um, I actually do have one with Cutlass and one with Bottle of Rum. Uh, I'll turn it to our Cut- fighter expert for yeah. an opinion there. What's your take on those? Upgrades I think the Cutlass is better. Yeah, yeah. I've tried mm. both of them. I think they can both be all right. And neither of them is like super awesome amazing like you're going to be screwed if you don't take this card but sure. i think the cutlass is better did you cutlass your shield bearer oh, yeah, yeah that's a I've that's a that. great move because it, it'll thin your deck down and then makes your shield bearer actually do something yeah yeah, yeah. You have a thin down deck. yeah. that's actually okay. an interesting yeah. thing there uh, let's yeah. just say too i think the best update to the fighter has been the knock knockdown ability right which is yeah um, absolutely it does it, it three you- damage yeah, it's it's the same as what it was, except for when you uh, expend uh, expend, yeah. you do two damage to that target. Yeah, so yep. it's so, basically five damage if you if you're doing two damage to a guard. So mm-hmm. it, it just eviscerates uh, wizards. I'll say <laughs> that knock that knockdown just can destroy wizards. But we don't see a lot of fighters in the meta right now in beta. So the wizards can not just kind of rollick rollick around freely uh, without worrying about getting decapitated. Um, I think any other ranger rangers kind of an open and shut case because the parrot does not compare to spyglass where spyglass lets you draw a card. Um, Mm -hmm. and then 
for Thief, I thought it was kind of settled with um, Hook being the superior option, but um, I've seen Noodle playing uh, Trick Dice on uh, at least one build, and I know enough to trust uh, what Noodle's up to, at least to some extent. So, so I think there might be something yeah. there with the Trick Dice. I, I, I originally, when I was first like leveling some characters up, I thought the Trick Dice was way better uh, than the Hook. Yeah. And then I kind of like, I looked at I was like, situationally i think the trick dice can be way better but it's a lot trickier to play them <laughs> the there you go mm-hmm. in there. because you have, to be, you have to be real careful about your deck flips and some of that stuff with them because yeah. there's no may or anything about it, it yeah and you might you actually not want to yeah you might end up not yeah. using it now oh. then that's the good thing about the hook is you'll always use it for something right and sometimes you actually i i've actually especially early game i'd like that draw on it if you need an extra I draw with it more than i discard with it on yes for the shadow yeah. mask interaction particularly is what i wanted to call out with yeah. hook either mm. you're like doubling up your discards or you're doing something nice with your shadow mask or whatever there's a lot of uh, nice interactions there yeah it's awesome I, I have yeah. i have one off question for you guys too it's not with the new stuff but it's with one of the changes they made with um the ranger i know the ranger upgrades weren't super exciting have you have a chance to play with the new compass though because you get to draw like four now or something right don't you draw no, i haven't played no. with it yeah i, I, I want to try yeah. that i saw some people using it i haven't tried it either um but I there's think possibility i mean there could be something there for, for sure i haven't tried it there, i haven't played yeah. much ranger at all to be honest in beta yeah me either yeah. but i well, think it started that, broken and then yeah <laughs> i think the the change to the quiver is a really good change though i agree i agree yep yeah. i agree it's what it needed. It it still feels like the Ranger. The Ranger's still pretty good, and it's just enough of a slowdown to yeah, prevent the bad yeah. stuff. I'm going to, when I get time, because I haven't been able to play very much, to be honest, but when I get time, I'm going to try a Ranger that's got the Snake Pet and the, <laughs> uh, the Compass. So you can take more advantage of that And, and get the Parrot, too, while you're at it. <laughs> Why not? Let's go Parrot. Let's just do a suboptimal all the way. That is such garbage, man. What a, I, what a bad upgrade. I had a quick... Uh, closing thought perhaps about the flavor here by the way when this all kind of like came out at once i was like (laughs) none of this makes sense as being in a dungeon this is all like weird why is there a parrot in the dungeon it's the watery Watery graves Graves. this is associated with watery graves so if anyone else was curious why this is also pirate themed it's that watery graves you pick one of four different ships uh, and by the way, spoiler, there's four different factions. So I think each faction uh, has a ship associated with it. And so that's kind of how it all comes together. So you're like cool. on a ship and that's how you're getting the upgrades that you're getting. Did yeah. you see them play? Did you did you see it on stream or something? No, they, they, no. they talk about it. There's some artwork on the Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, nice. read this stuff. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> this is in the updates, I think. Yeah, I you know, I perused it. All right, I think we hit all of the characters there, didn't we? We talked about the fighter, yep. we talked about the cleric, uh, barbarian. We talked. Mm, the, the, oh God, so do good. we even want to open that can of worms? No. Oh, <laughs> no. oh, the barbarian. We, we can we, talk about the barbarian next next time. Yeah, yeah let's do that. Okay. Yeah. All right, yep. uh, I think that's a good place then to wrap up card talk. All right, my friends, there are some exciting things happening in the realms of the interwebs on hero-helper.com, your favorite stat tracking website. 
where you can track all of your wins and losses for all of your heroes. Um, we just made a major release. So what we've been waiting for this whole time is to get off of the Google Sheet and to launch a new UI that actually just made API calls to the database that is tracking all of your wins and losses and shows them in near real time. Uh, there is a three-hour refresh rate right now going for all of our games. So your games are pretty much up to date, my friends. When you go on there, you should be able to go in and see your win-loss ratio across all of your games for each one of your heroes, for each one of your heroes versus a specific class, for your class-based battles, and there's even some co-op in there for uh, for funs and giggles. Because you know what? Some people like co-op. We're not, we're, we're, we're equal opportunity hero helpers here. Uh, we've saw, you know, we're, we adhere to all regulations. Um, the other thing that's really interesting, aside from all that, please go and sign up, see all your data. It's going to be awesome. Um, but the other thing that's really interesting is that your boy Scrap Force here has started to get into the beta stuff. And I will say that we, we all are going to have to, to kind of be sad. We don't necessarily have this data right now, although we do have the data in Hero Helper. We know what build is being used in every game. So we're going to have this database that we can go back into and analyze and see like, well, this build is really good in this situation, whatever, whatever, which we we talk about this stuff, right? So we're going to have actual data to, to see. Um, and that data is attached to our games now. Like that's in the website. It's just not being shown yet in the UI because that's a lot of, figuring but we have the data so if you guys ever want to like get into that um feel free to you know hit us up on discord and go but i've been checking out the beta games we don't have our builds anymore but we still have you know the game the win the loss what character you're using and i have gone ahead and modeled the objects i know that's getting a little weird tech techno speak <laughs> on you guys but i've gone ahead and modeled the objects which means that i should be able to start saving that data to the database if all goes right wow. once i can just write the call to wise wizards for you and to pull in your games the other thing that's really exciting about that my friends is that i can make that api call in the, the same authorization token that I use to make the API call to get your current games. So the production and the beta server have the same authorization service. I don't need to make, a, I don't have to have you guys sign up again to start tracking your beta games now, right? So the same sign up you did to track any game works. It's going to work for beta. It's going to work for production, which means for you guys that have registered, if you're in beta, it'll automatically start tracking your beta games as soon as I can get it live. When that is, I don't know. I got to get it like a free eight hours on the weekend sometime, and that's going to be <laughs> tricky. But that is the Hero Helper update for you. I'm very excited. I hope you're very excited. Uh, and thank you guys all for using it. And of course, if you have any feedback about the site at all, please send it over. Uh, you know, we're, we're slow because we're all volunteers, but we're uh, definitely working on it. 
yeah, I just have to say a huge uh, congratulations to you guys for the work that went into getting things to this point and where the website is at. I know one of the features is the game list where there's actually a list of all the different games that you've played. And I have used that data to help me like keep track of community events and tournaments and games I've played against people. So it's like not only like seeing my wins and losses and having that data has been useful to me, but like the actual game tracking has been useful too. So like y'all are heroes helping heroes much love my friends thank you for doing what you do great stuff and it looks so good the dashboards look great it's easy to find everything and i know it it looks this good now and i know you're still brushing up and you're gonna add uh, (laughs) new functionality and stuff to it so holy cow awesome service guys and it's it's free everybody by the way it's free (laughs) sign up for it totally the link the link is in the show notes our our Patreons are helping for sure, and but we are definitely paying for the server costs and all that stuff. But um, the game list is a really good shout out. And then just to give you a, like an idea of what that is, there there's a really good package that's out there that we can use that will give us like the the tables that are there now will become sortable. So you, any column you can just sort by that column. Pageable, which means you can show five or ten. And then, you know, that's page one. You could just get five or ten records and then you can move to the next page, move to the next page. So that'll be really nice. Uh, Searchable, when there's going to be a search input, any word you put in there, it'll just that word will come and it'll auto filter that way. Um, And then I like totally the next thing I really want to do, because right now all the all the data is like everything. It doesn't go by level. But then we can start doing some checkboxes and have some like options. Right. So I want to see only level 12. I want to see. Filters, queries, yeah, some awesome. custom, some custom filterability, exactly. Fun so that's like that. once we get beta data saving, then that's the next thing we're going for right there. Great stuff! Thanks for your work. And again, check out the link in the notes and sign up for Hero Helper today. Woo! All right, guys, and here we are once again. You hear that music, and it's brought us to the end of the episode. But first, we have our long-awaited community roundup. We have a lot to catch up on, so let's jump right into it. Tim, you're going to lead us off with Tavern Brawl. Yeah, so we are finishing up week two of the Tavern Brawl, uh, season four. And right now, after two weeks, there are three teams that are undefeated that would be uh the decepticons peter panics peck of thandar peppers and the wild bunch are all undefeated through awesome that's kind of where we're at sounds good highlander um highlander so it's still on hiatus but there will be uh early to mid-february i'm going to start uh signups to start season two of highlander Coming up soon, and and, the, and those will all be at level specific for each event. So one event will be yeah. at level three, one will be at level twelve, one will, you know, and so on and so forth. Nice. TCL, the Thandar Combat League. We just finished season three. Um, I have not had time to go through all the results and set up their promotions, relegations, that sort of stuff yet. Um, but that will be happening over the next uh, 
probably sometime this week I'll go through and do all of that stuff. Uh, we've got the signups. Uh, I think we're at about 40 people for season four, which is what we were at for season three. So nice. uh, once I get a chance to go through the promotions and relegations, I'll figure out the date we're going to start season four and I'll announce that in the discord here in the next week or so. Uh, all right. That brings up predator, which I will cover. This is also on hiatus. I know daily is busy helping out with, um, tavern brawl, especially I think with the uh, role playing and the, uh, the backstory that's going on there. So he might have his his hands full with that predator will return at some point and we will give you updates when it does. All right. But for now it's still on hiatus. Uh, the next um, event I'll talk about is Joust, which just finished uh, a few weeks ago and was a great event. We had an awesome sign-up for it. I think we had 45 individual players, which was uh, well up from the, I think we had like 32 in the first one. So we had uh, more players participating, which was great. Uh, and what was really cool is that we had um, a different champion for each um, class joust. Uh, Noodle Tulpe won the cleric. Uh, Daily 23 won the fighter. Cory Bear 88 won the ranger. Live Brave won the thief joust. And Master Chulky won the wizard. So it was really cool to have naturally five different players uh, win for each joust. Noodle Tulpe did finish um, second in thief. Uh, he was the only player to actually finish in the top two in more than one category. So congrats to him. The grand champion of the joust was Omsk and his ranger who faced off against Cory Bear's ranger in the finals. <laughs> surprise, surprise, a ranger mirror <laughs> in the finals. Uh, Omsk won that one and was crowned the grand champion. So congratulations to him. Finally, from me is the uh, king of the castle uh, event, which is ongoing. Uh, we've, Switch back to the single castle style here, uh, but we do have a healthy sign up. We've got about 12 people signed up for it right now. We're s- slowly working our way through there. And the current king is our own King Double Dubs. He is hoorah, sitting hoorah. at the top <laughs> of the castle with a three streak, uh, three win streak right now. He's doing well. And I, it seems like he's enjoying the new King's Gambit rules, which is we roll a, a D8 to determine a special rule for each uh, new challenger. And that's been kind of an uh, interesting way to spice things up. Double Dubs, how you been enjoying it? Yeah, it's awesome, man. It's been fun. I'll be excited to see how it continues to unroll, uh, to roll forward. Ayo, I uh, got to do some mirror <laughs> matches that have been fun, and I love the mirrors. So it's been, it's been cool. Good deal. I think with that, we'll go into the Hero Realms Premier Circuit, which is an event, uh, a series of events organized by Darklighter. And it's been reaching its ultimate conclusion here after, you know, everybody placed and you earned points and it went from event to event. Well, we got to this huge group stage where basically across all the classes, uh, people were playing dozens and dozens of games it was crazy you had to play against all Mm -hmm. if you qualified for the group stage you had to play everyone in your group in uh best of three i think it was 
So for every class that you qualified with, you had to play 12 games. So like I qualified with four classes, so I had to play 48 games all at once. (laughs) And it was just totally crazy. So once uh, all the dust settled from that, it cut to a top 16 from the group stage. I'm not going to go through all 16. I'm going to give a quick shout out to the top eight, though. So this was after like months and months of playing lots of games. The top eight was Dark Letters Ranger, Noodle Tulpa's Cleric, Logan K. Stewart's Ranger, Sapanik's Ranger, the Cats' Meow's Thief, Double Dub's Ranger, Noodle Tulpa's Ranger, and Jigmalinkpa's Ranger. Lots of Rangers. That battled yeah. down into a top four of Darklighter versus Logan K. Stewart and Decat's Meow versus Noodle Tuple's Ranger, with Decat being the only thief in there. Well, that has boiled down to a finals match between Logan K. Stewart's Ranger and Noodle Tuple's Ranger. Uh, I will be covering the results of that match on my Twitch stream uh, Wednesday the first of february so this will probably uh have happened so you can go check the vod out if you want to see what happened uh in that one moving along into the next event we're talking about the sparks and rec digital open the very first one i want to give a quick shout out uh oh i guess the results uh don't you guys want to be surprised about the results though (laughs) i could say the results because it's coming out later uh, but yeah, we'll leave it mysterious. Um, so for the Sparks and Rec Digital Open, there was a series of Swiss games and then a cut to top eight. I want to give a special shout out to Megan Marie 88 for going undefeated in the Swiss. And then our top eight players, once we cut to top eight, were Megan Marie 88, Logan K. Stewart, Rye Brand, Vreep, Ambroser, Fino, Jigmalingpa, and Otto. Um, we saw mostly fighters. We saw Ambroser go crazy with Wizard there. And we saw a couple thieves and one ranger for the class selection. Ultimately, it boiled down to Logan K. Stewart versus Jigmalingpa, both on fighters. And our very own Jig got the win. Uh, coverage and commentary of that matchup also available on the VOD on my stream. And with that, we kick it over to Sam Scrapforce. Thank you, Double Double Damas. Fantastic, my friends. I'm going to talk about Survivor and the game of games today. Uh, In Survivor, we are at round 14. We have five remaining uh, players left. We've got Jigmalinkpa, Eindeloos, Omsk, Rugsack, and the cat says meow. They all have a variety of heroes remaining. I wish them all luck. It's almost at the end. We'll see what happens with Survivor. I'm excited. Uh, After that, we have Game of Games, which has concluded after six weeks of brutal competition through the stages of mind, body, and spirit. The first place winner is The Cat Says Meow. Second place, Noodle Tulpe. Third place, Danderdag. And then one really cool thing that Birdlaw's done, not only did he basically write that, and I said it verbatim, but he is sending the winners custom cards that we made up. If you can see them in the alt art channel, if you're interested in that. But one is of Lister the Grillmaster that we actually. So since we came up with that kind of as a combo idea, I signed it and he signed it as well. So it has our, our autographs on it. And then also he gave uh, some unsigned Grillmasters for uh, the second and third place finishers as well. Really cool of uh, Birdie to be mailing stuff to people and 
involving the community in that. Uh, and also just getting some of those funny alt art cards printed is really, really awesome. So shout out to you, Bird Law. You're the best, man. Uh, and also shout out to Dilly23 being one of the main co-organizers of that event. You guys did a great job. I, I'm listed as a co-organizer, but really I was just there to like give crazy ideas and then Bird Law and Daily did every, all the work. So there you go. That's that, my friends. Love the community. Keep it going, fellas. Great job, fellas. We, we just blasted through all of the community uh, events that we haven't updated in the last, uh, since the last uh, episode before the new year. Congrats to everybody. Thank you for your participation. Remember to check out the uh, community event primer, which is in the show notes. It's a link that will take you to a page that gives you not only the rules for all of these different uh, events, but sign up links, rules links, uh, and page links if they have individual pages. So you can find all of the information in the show notes. That has been episode 24 of Sparks and Recreation. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, we will see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, everybody. It's great to be back. Really appreciate all of you guys tuning in. And again, if you have any questions for us or any comments, please hit us up on the Discord. Uh, And don't forget to sign up to the new Hero Helper Dot com that's hero-helper.com where you can track all your games for free check your win loss and clutchly check all your game history <laughs> ciao double dubs signing out for the evening i uh, would love if you would come hang out on my stream twitch.tv slash double dubs wednesdays at 8 30 p.m central catch you all there for more action in the realms of thandar All right, everybody. Thanks once again for joining us. It's good to be back in the saddle again. Thanks to all our patrons and donors, uh, participants in our events, general members of the community. We love you. You guys are the best. Also, welcome to any new listeners who might have found us through the uh, Dungeons promotions or or whatever. We're always happy to welcome new uh, members into the uh, Sparks and Rec family and greater Realms Rising community as well. So welcome to everybody. We will be back again in a couple weeks, everybody. Until then... Take it easy and see you in the realms. You made it to the end of the show. Congratulations. You're a nerd. Tune into the next episode of Sparks and Recreation for more on community events, meta-analysis, and everything Hero Realms. (laughs) 